today, the gold medal winner from Rio, who had a real mental crisis after the Games, gave up her sport, but she's here in Japan, ready to go again. Hello, it's Mark Schadler here with uh, the final one in the Olympic series of Destination Tokyo. There's more to come, but this is the final regular one for now, because this is the day, a year late, but we're ready to go as I record this on Friday the 23rd of July. Joy and despair along the way, a backdrop of empty stadium, yes, but many, many millions watching worldwide. There will be the hard luck stories and heartbreaking they are too. Amber Hill of GB this week testing positive after a big family send-off. A gold medal help, a beautician whose dearly loved granddad got her into the sport, coached her long by a Derbyshire farmer, uh, but now at home having to watch after a positive COVID test. And uh, my colleagues at BBC Scotland, for example, pinged here in Tokyo 14 days in their hotel room rather than out reporting the games. There will be many more, I'm sure, of those stories, but hopefully many, many more about the sport and the athletes from here on in. I've been really grateful to the many who've shared their stories and hopefully given you uh, an understanding and, yes, some inspiration. And if you want to sort of see the stories, there's a fantastic documentary this week you can see on the BBC iPlayer, uh, The Mother of All Combacks, featuring uh, Rowing's Helen Glover. But this is the final Olympic chat here, and there's plenty in this one too. She was a golden girl in Rio, a history-making moment for women's hockey, saving penalties after going to her notebook and deciding how to treat the penalty shuffler. But post-game doubt, mental health issues, and a comeback. It's all told here with Maddie Hinch, who reflects, first of all, on her experience five years ago in Rio. Um, still with very fond memories, of course. You know, it's, it was the most incredible experience, um, but very much excited to kind of write a new story with this group. Um, and I think it's really important that we do exactly that and we go out not to try and repeat the group that uh, did great things in Rio. You know, it, we're a different group um, and we're just really excited to get out there and kind of just show the world what we're capable of. What have the last five years been like for you? There have been ups and downs, haven't there? Yeah, it's uh, it's been tough, I'm not going to lie. Um, it, yeah, lots of ups and downs. A roller coaster <laughs> Beth describes it pretty well. Um, but I'm just really, really pleased to be in this position that I'm, that I'm going um, and that I'm in a good place. And I think I've learned a lot from the last five years. I, I am a different person and keeper than I was over in Rio, uh, in a good way, I think. Um, so I'm looking forward to kind of being a leader in this group and, uh, and kind of setting out the standards that is going to be required for us to do well there. In what way a different person? Uh, I think probably a little bit more mature, a little bit more kind of aware of, of, of my role, I guess. You know, as a youngster in Rio, I was very much a follower and now, you know, I am very aware that people are looking up to me to, to deliver and um, I'm enjoying that challenge. Tell us about the difficulties you've had. Cause you gave up hockey for a time, didn't you? Um, was that... At the time you did it, did you think that was it for international hockey? Uh, I did, yeah. I have to say I did. Um, I'd got myself into a bit of a mess, really, in terms of the expectations and pressures I'd put on myself off the back of Rio to kind of relive that every time I stepped on the pitch. You know, I, I was a, a very normal athlete uh, before and after Rio in that, you know, I made mistakes. That was natural. That's part of every athlete's uh, processes. Um, but in my head, I had this expectation that I needed to be perfect now. And that's what everyone expected of me. And, yeah, in doing so, I, I burnt myself out a little bit. Um, and so I stepped away. I needed to find my love for the sport again. I needed to look forward to putting on every, the pads every day. Um, and that's thankfully where I'm back to now. 
And that expectation, was that just from within or was, is that just part of the perils of elite sport? Did it come from winning gold? A bit of both, I think. I think you hear a lot when people reach the ultimate and then they try and go for it again. It, it is a strange place to be. Um, you know, you, once you've had a taste of like the ultimate uh, buzz, as I say, there's just no way to replicate that. And um, I, yeah, I, I demanded a lot for myself. I always have it. I think that's what's helped me get to where I am today. However, I, I, it took me a while to realize that, you know, these expectations, a lot of these were just demons in my head. Um, and yeah, when you're following grows and the intention grows, you just want to please everyone. And it's not the way to go about things. You need to remember why you're there in the first place. And it's purely just because I love stopping hockey balls. And thankfully, I still like doing that. And while I do, I'll continue to be around. That's really interesting to hear. So how did you approach, you know, overcoming this and getting back and rediscovering the love? Uh, talking to people, number one. I've definitely, um, you know, had some mental health issues. I think I think elite sport can can lead athletes to this in, in that you find yourself throwing all everything you have into everything you do every single day and, it, and it's tiring and, and you can find yourself getting a little lost in your ways. Um, so me opening up and, and starting to say this is how I'm feeling, you know, being vulnerable is, is a big one um, and it took me a while to start doing that. I'm, I've been always kind of someone who I want to come across as super confident, super uh, self-assured and I went through a phase where I had none of that. Um, so yeah. yeah. And does that peculiar to your position as well I wonder and the, the you know being you know, having that sort of lonely job really of being a goalkeeper, I wonder if that makes it even even more exposed. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think you are used to someone who has to be seen to be pretty strong and confident, you know, more than probably anyone else on that pitch. And you are a little bit isolated at times. Um, and you get to wear a helmet and cover kind of your true emotions. So I think a combination of all of that um, and just the person that I am and, and how I just strive always to be the best. You know, I wouldn't change that personally because I think, again, that's helped me get to where I am. But I think you have to have the ability to reset and uh, reset your goals. And that's what I've been able to do. So it's not just about winning and, and being the best anymore. So do you have a, like a few tactics in your back pocket should you, you know, should you need them? Have you got like yeah. a playbook to, to go forward with? Yeah, well, the main thing is just talking to people because, right. you know, you don't all of a sudden, you know, when, when you find out kind of what is going on in your head, it doesn't all of a sudden just disappear. It's always there. Um, but when I have my off days, I'm one more accepting of them. I'm not so angry about with myself about feeling a certain way. And, and then I tell people. So those two things alone make a huge difference. Right. That's really great to hear and great to hear you've rediscovered the love because you always looked as if you were really enjoying yourself yeah. on the hockey pitch um how's the last 12 months or so been because it's really been a challenging time hasn't it for you guys yeah it's uh it's been an interesting 12 months um but we've had a really um exciting kind of build up to this point now it's it's got very busy very quick and i'm really pleased it's been that way um i think the challenge over the last 12 months was knowing, not knowing kind of what was coming next. Um, and so now things starting to feel a little bit more normal and, you know, we are getting on planes and going places or playing matches. Um, yeah, we're just excited to get there and just like be a part of this whole amazing experience. And what position is the, the squad in? Um, how, how do you feel going into the Olympics? Because you, you've not been in the best of form as a, as a squad recently. Yeah, the squad is different. It's young. It, it has that inconsistency to it, which is expected with a young team. Um, however, I think what we have shown at times is that we're, when we are on it, we are able to compete with anyone in the world. And that's what is exciting. Um, it's how we'll be able to deliver that consistency through a tournament period as to whether or not we'll come home with a medal. 
that is to be seen. Um, but we've certainly all set ourselves up to give ourselves the best opportunity to, to do that. Eight games in eight, as we did in Rio. Um, and I'm just excited to see how we do. I want us to come home and not regret anything and just think, you know what, we put it all out there. We didn't hold back. We didn't fear anything. And if that gives us a medal, great. And if it doesn't, I still think I could sleep easy at night and be proud of this group. And uh, you talked about your leadership. What do you think you and the other half dozen or so who were in Rio can bring to this younger squad? What, what advice would you be giving them? The number one thing is not to get too carried away. 100%, like for me, the opening game against Germany is all I'm thinking about. Um, we, we did the same thing in Rio. We had Australia first up and we knew if we could win there, we'd get the momentum going into the next game and the belief would grow. Uh, it's exactly the same for this one. So if any of the youngsters get carried away about thinking where might we be for quarterfinals, where might we be for semis or whatever, what other groups are doing, it doesn't matter. It's all about us in that first game and then, and then we'll see what happens after that. Well, it was amazing in Rio and of course... Uh, one of the, the memories is, is you and your notebook uh, for the for the penalties. Is that still a part of your armory? Uh, yes, very much so. Yeah, that hasn't changed. I haven't I haven't like got an iPad or anything now. <laughs> so um, it's very still much old still a notebook. Yeah, it's still a notebook, and uh, the homework's still being done. Um, I guess now it's just uh, I'm a little bit more uh, on everyone else's database, so it's easier to swap me. Um, but I've obviously had spent the last five years trying to come up with new ideas and, and new ways to keep people guessing. Uh, so hopefully, if it comes to that, um, I will be still quite difficult to beat. Brilliant. Well, great to see you as part of the squad. Uh, great to see everyone in such great form today. Hope you enjoy the next uh, few weeks and have a great time down in Tokyo. Perfect. Thank you very much. So thanks to Maddie Hinch of GB Hockey. Well, let the games begin. A few bonus episodes coming up and then back with some Paralympic chats in the next couple of weeks. Thanks so much for listening since January. Thanks for all the kind comments, the emails, and thanks for the donations. If you go to the show notes, you can see uh, a link and see that I'm raising money for Maggie's Cancer Centres. A special edition tomorrow with Beth Treadle about I Am Team GB and Activity Weekend. But until the next time, enjoy the Olympic Games. See you soon. Thanks for listening and bye-bye.